Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast. I'm very much Shane Todd. Hope everybody is... A wee bit aggressive. Hope everybody is suitably relaxed with your cup of tea or maybe you're some sort of deviant that sort of snuck in a cup of coffee to listen to this podcast, in which case normally it, it wouldn't fly, but it's locked down, so just enjoy yourself. It's a bit... I want this podcast to be kind of like the last day of school, you know, where you're just running about enjoying yourself. It's like, you know, everything's a bit more relaxed. You know, you get your shirt signed by all your classmates. I don't know why people did that, but I mean, the only person who signed my shirt on the last day of school was a janitor and he left his number, which was weird, but it's a good time. It's a good time. I've done my back in. Okay. So that's always fun. I've done my back in because I'm 87 years old, but I'm not going to let that stop me enjoying this podcast. My guest this week was none other than Jamie Dornan. Jamie is from my hometown of Hollywood, where Rory McIlroy is also from. Hollywood and County Down, you know, a lot of people can't believe that three guys like us <laughs> come from the same town. You know, that's what people always say all around the world. They go, that's that's crazy that, you know, such a small town yet it produced three guys that are like equally killing it career-wise. You know, you've got Rory McIlroy, one of the best golfers in the world. You've got Jamie Dornan, who just rises and rises as an actor and if he's doing a series, he's doing a series or he's doing a film or he's doing something for Netflix. You know, he has a lot of irons in the fire. He continues to just be this, like, leading man. You know, he's done the Fifty Shades films. He's done The Fall. And then they go, you've also got Sean Todd. And I go, it's actually Shane Todd. And they go, whatever. You know, but, yeah. You know, I talk about this in stand-up, but about where I come from. But, um, yeah. You know, me, Rory, and Jamie would be known internationally kind of as the three amigos. <laughs> you know, a lot of people would would call us that because people in all corners of the world would be aware of, of what we've done. You know, and, and and that's that's great. You know, it's humbling if anything. And uh this this podcast was was so much fun. You know, it's the first time I put on aftershave before a podcast, just because I felt like I needed to bring something to the table when I'm sharing the screen with Jamie Dornan. I've met Jamie a couple of times and we've talked via email a little bit. He always strikes me as, first of all, very funny. You know, a lot of people were waiting for me to say, very attractive. Yes, he is very attractive. I mean, I'm fully willing to admit, marginally more attractive than I am. <laughs> just just like 1% more. But um, but honestly, the first thing I noticed about him when, whenever I met him was just how funny he is. And we talk a little bit about that as well because I was keen to know if he would ever do any sort of comedy roles because I, I think he'd be really good at that. Uh, so we we talked about loads and loads of different things and I did my best not to ask him stock questions because if, you, if you've watched or listened to a few episodes of this podcast by now, you know that it is just kind of rambling. You know, not, not like physically rambling. I mean, there's probably some amateur mountaineers listen to this going class i've been waiting for the rambling podcast for a long time i just mean kind of talking shit you know over a cup of tea um we talked about a million and one different things including the tiger king which which was very enjoyable and uh as a podcast guest couldn't really ask for more guy clearly doesn't take himself too seriously we were able to have a good joke and uh and yeah we talked a little bit about about fatherhood as well so a wide range of topics and really glad he agreed to do the podcast and i hope you guys are going to enjoy it 
Before we start, let me make you aware of the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash tea with me podcast, where you can get an extra bonus podcast on a Monday, uh, as well as some ticket giveaways and merch giveaways and things like that. That helps support the podcast. So that's patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. If you want to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, nobody should stop you doing that. So just go and do it. You get two episodes of the podcast every week. And then one a week goes on to the Patreon. Without any further ado, please enjoy the Jamie Dornan episode of the Tea With Me podcast. Do you know what? Right, this is mental. I had Eamon Holmes on the podcast last week. And he has exactly the same mug as you, right? With his name on it. So what are these mugs given out to Northern Irish celebrities? And why did Um, they not get one? well, you're not. There's a, there's a like a game, you know. There's just different levels, and you're not at that kind of level yet. Um, you think I'm still playing the demo up in literally uh, made up in Antrim, and uh, they send them out as soon as you they feel you're worthy. <laughs> Who has them? You, Holmes, Frank Mitchell, Me, Mary Winker, Peters, Winker Watson. Oh, Winker definitely um, as well. Uh, Mary Peters has uh, loads of collection, big big collection of them, and uh, um, <laughs> uh, Barry, uh, who's the weather guy? <laughs> Barry Best. <laughs> Barry Best. <laughs> <laughs> You've moved away from Barry here for Best, too long. <laughs> Barry Best, unreal. <laughs> Barry Best. Unless yeah. unless Barry so, Best is an older guy that I that that was slightly before my time. I don't. Yeah, he could be. It's there. Barry Best. Enjoyable. Very enjoyable. I mean, I feel like we've just started the podcast. If you're happy enough, I, I think I we'll just keep rolling. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's do it. Right. I've got to first of all ask you the, the big question. You're not really, well, you're not on social media at all anymore. So people, there's an air of mystery about that and people will want to know, do you drink tea? What's your tea situation? How many cups you drink in a week? That's a question I've always wanted to be asked. Um, let me think about it. I um, do you drink tea. I, I, you know, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I used to think um, that it was really like cool to be like addicted to tea. I remember hearing that word "addict." I think it was, like, it was like, a positive word. <laughs> why, when you were a kid, was it cool to be addicted to things and, and have why. knee injuries? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because. Um, uh, there's a show Telly Addict. Do you remember? Yeah. With with, with Noel Edmonds, I want to say. Right. Um, Edmonds presented everything um, around that time, anyway. So everything, everything, everything. So he did that, and like we obviously watched it as a family. And there's a, a bit at the end that was all just for kids. Uh, called like Noel's house party or something. And yes. Noel's house party. Yeah. Class pre- Yeah. Right. You know, all these class presents. So might not even be connected to the same show. Whatever. I remember just loving that show and the word addict and going, oh, addict, that's a cool thing. And then asking my dad and my mom what it meant. And they were like, oh, you know, it means that you're, you, you, you like something so much that you, you can't stop having it. And I was like, okay. And I was like, like tea? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you really like tea. And I was like, so I'm a tea addict? And they were like, um, yeah, you know, I guess you're a tea addict. And I wore it like a badge of honor. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely class. I go around going, I, I'm actually addicted to tea. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm an addict. 
<laughs> they're trying to they're, they're um, trying to wean me onto the peppermint here, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was back in the day. They didn't have peppermint back. This is in the, the glory years of just builders, and that was it. Just straight up tea. I mean, no. yeah, I feel like saying that you were really into like adult drinks was big back in the day. And if you played football <laughs> when you were a kid, to say that you had and I quote dodgy knees. I mean, nobody, no, no child had dodgy knees, <laughs> but lads in the playground, <laughs> lads in the playground used to wear full knee straps. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, God, it's exactly, I mean, I, I have more of a rugby background, it was exactly the same type of thing, you know, you, 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 you're going on about your gammy shoulder or something, like, when you're 12. There was always a fella during the warm-up as well, who would be like, nah, lads, he'd drop out and start doing his own weird stretches. <laughs> <laughs> he was 100% fine, he was 100% fine. How many cups of tea would you, you, you do you reckon you take on board in a week? Way less. Since <laughs> my attic days, I, I <laughs> two joint I, I, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Um, my sponsor says I'm doing really well. I I uh, I barely drink tea. You know what? I I, you know, I talked for a number of years about trying to do something together, and I'm always like, ah, no, I forgot. But yep. you know, now I've got literally nothing to do. I thought, well, I'll give some probably run out. Um, um, but I looked up yesterday, I didn't realise it was about tea until about 10 minutes ago, and uh, our tea themed. So I ran down, and I would say this is the first cup of tea I've had in about three weeks. See, I, I thought this whole lockdown would, would bring people together with tea a lot more, like people like yourself, I mean, not mm. as extreme as yourself, people who have full addictions, but people who maybe just flirted with tea, I think now is the time where you're just going to drink a lot of tea. Well, there's also the whole fact that it's meant to wane off. COVID nineteen warm drinks, yeah, so, through a drop. Um, uh, <laughs> if I was taking it that far, I'd be so impressed. Would that not be <laughs> the most Northern really Irish thing? <laughs> We're just going to give this a go here and see what happens. I used to um, when I first moved to London, two thousand two. I didn't know anybody, and uh, I worked in a pub for six months. Three months full time, and then three months part time as things started to pick up. And, and, and I had no mates, and the only couple of guys I knew were uh, medical students in, in London. And they, we used to go out on the lot, and then I'd stay at their house, I'd share this house together, in like uh, Bow in East London, which wasn't very cool. Now it's probably very trendy to live in Bow now, but it wasn't where you wanted to be then. And the next morning, like on a Saturday, Sunday morning, um, they would they'd have stolen <laughs> drips and all the equipment from the hospital, and they'd be sitting. That was their way of dealing with a hangover, and they would sit there with their IV in, just sitting there like <laughs> watching like highlights of a football or whatever, just with a drip, and just rehydrating themselves. I mean, it was kind of unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely, I'd like to hope that those people now do not practice medicine because that, that's that's <laughs> <Sorry. healing. laughs> They do one of them is up in, um, in Craig Avon or something. So, um, yeah, if you get sick in Craig Avon, you know, don't, don't yeah. go see that guy. Yeah, what's, your, no. um, what's your lockdown situation? Are you in England at the minute, sort of in the countryside? I'm in, I'm in the countryside. I'm, uh, we were at the whole family in New York. I was about to start shooting a, a mini series out in, in New York, and we were uh, renting. A place in Brooklyn, and we were three days from from starting to film it. I'd been there for we'd been there for three weeks, 
rehearsals and all the pre-production stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, three days before this all happened, um, we got locked. We got shut down after a couple of days. Initially, just for ten days, and then it, you know, as the news got worse and worse, and we, um, I was like, look, we just had a calling to get home. We was like, look, we just, you know, it's going to get bad here. Let's get home. So. We all jumped on flight and we've been home for what's that two and a half weeks or something. So um to be honest, it's the best place we could be because we live in the countryside, we've got a bit of space, the kids can run around a bit, not losing their minds. We're we're homeschooling them. I've actually just done PE, just taking the PE class there. I like to think you put some sort of like old school like Slazinger tracksuit on, whistle around the neck. <laughs> you know what? I actually did the first day, I was much more I actually was going to train. I'm, I'm trying to like keep as fit as I can in the midst of all this. I think it's for your sanity you have to. And I was I scheduled my day so that I would take PE and then go straight into training myself. So I was really killed out, and I must have looked ridiculous. And I had them doing circuits. I mean, this is only the older two. They're six and four. Two little girls. I've got another one-year-old girl. And I had them doing circuits. Now it wasn't that tough. I didn't think. It started on the on the trampoline. They're like it was a minute and a half, <laughs> and then they had to pick up a rugby ball and like run around this thing, and then kick the rugby ball, chase after, and then eventually throw the ball in a in a, a bucket, and then get the rest, and then start again. And they did it twice, and they were literally on their backs, absolutely knackered. And I was going, guys, we've got five more to go here. And they're going, no, Danny, I don't want to. <laughs> it. So then I've really taken the foot off the gas since that with my pee. Um, you know, today I'm just wearing normal clothes. We went out and, um, you know, it's 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 kind of tough to find something to do. A lot of balls are through and they got all different coloured balls. And I'd be like, pink, and then run, get the pink ones, put them yeah, back. I was, I've took me uh, grubber yeah, kicks down the hill and, and they can like, 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 gather just, them. But yeah. I'm using what we have here. There's a, I've got, you know, rugby ball, footballs, and golf, you know, so we're using what we have. And um, yeah, the rugby, I was, I put my uh, grubber kicks down the hill and making them like, like gather them. And I mean, I feel like you're getting more out of this than they are. <laughs> As I'm saying this, I'm realizing that might be might be the case. Let me ask you this because people are passing time with a lot of like a lot of TV, a lot of Netflix. Please tell me you've watched Tiger King. Mate, come on, like, do you know anybody who hasn't watched it? What a um, what a phenomenal phenomenal show do you think that like if you lived in that part of the world you might have got tricked by joe exotic back in the day because he was tricking a lot of boys think, like well, listen well, well, listen well, i think those poor lads they were like 19 very impressionable age you know that's that's a, that's a very impressionable age for me 19 that's exactly when i was deciding to drop out of university i said i wanted to move to london I didn't really have too many opportunities. I knew a mate of mine back in Belfast who had been working in a pub and knew that he was leaving to come back to Belfast. So I knew there was going to be an opening in this pub. And the the guy, uh, there's an English guy who ran the pub, but he he really liked Irish people. Time. So he was like, he'd said to my mate Neil that he wanted to fill the spot with another Irish person. So I was like, listen, I'm pretty much biting myself a job here just in the back of where I'm from. And uh, I, uh, but if in that time with very little opportunity and having dropped out uni, if the likes of Joe Exotic had called in and said, "Listen, we've got a great setup here. You know, we'll, we'll feed you 
stuff from the bins at the back of Walmart. Yeah. Like, that, was, <laughs> that bit was the most harrowing bit for me, the, that they were using that meat for the pizzas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know why up until that point you're like, I'll give Joe Exotic a chance here. And then when he did that, you're like, oh, Joe, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I was like, turn around to Millie. I was like, you know what? That's, that's put me right off. He's, he's, I mean, nah, he's, I mean, he's, I think something up with him. I think he definitely, he definitely would have, would have snared me because, like, I remember even about ten years ago, there was a guy lived down our street and he had a three-legged dog, and I would spend about six hours in his garden. So, I mean, if he had tigers, <laughs> different ball game. I'd, ha- I'd definitely had a ring on my finger for sure. <laughs> would you be interested if you were approached by like a major film studio to play Joe Exotic in the in the biopic? Would you think about it? I'm not, it's not going to happen for me. That's, listen, um, you know, I, I may be more of husband material. You know, I can maybe squeeze in one of, one of those lads, the guy with no teeth. Yeah, um, yeah. Potentially, that's <laughs> you know, sort of more my, you know. Uh, why why did Joe not hook him up with just a couple more, a couple more teeth? Like, because he was giving him everything else. <laughs> no, but did you hear in the aftermath of it all? Um, that poor guy apparently has had his teeth fixed. And he was like raging. They they done the documentary and hadn't, and they actually had film footage of him with property and they hadn't used enough footage. <laughs> totally done him over by only showing him with like free teeth. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, I like that. Like, I mean, this this whole situation, this whole lockdown, everything—it's obviously so terrible. But I like that the one yeah. thing that's bringing everybody together, no matter what your background, location, is just this this exotic zoo owner. Joe Exotic, I mean. I know, it's, it's mad. But the whole thing is, is, like him, obviously, is a standout figure in it all. But the whole world, like, you have to be a total lunatic, obviously, to be involved in the big cat game in any realm at all. You have to be, like, you have to be nuts to be given a big cat or certainly to, like, be given a sanctuary for them. I mean, I, I, that was just, like, such a band of misfits. Like, I couldn't believe that there's so many weird people in, involved in one thing, you know? I mean, I mean, I think to have, like, to own one tiger, you would have question marks over you, but whenever you go, I own 96 <laughs> of these, and uh, also I've got 14 I'm wives. Sure. What I like is the guy who's, like, Joe Exotic's mentor, Doc, you know, the guy with, like, the long hair. <laughs> I heard so, him... Yeah. I, I heard him in a podcast last week and they were like, why do you have so many wives? And he goes, oh, Netflix really fucked me. He's like, a lot of those people that were shown were like, some of them were my grandkids. Some of them were just neighbors and stuff. Like they were just putting everyone in his wives category. So, I mean, I, th- I think there's, uh, there's the odd spoof along the way, but, but like big, f- I mean, as soon as this lockdown lifts, all those big katsus are going to do serious business. Like, Or they're, they're done for in one or the other. They no, I still think, exist. I still think like if you said to me, like, would you be interested in heading over to Joe Exotic Zoo? E- even even the lunch, I'd even risk the lunch. I would just like the beer. I like the atmosphere. <laughs> I like everything that's going on. I like his songs. I'm just I'm just obsessed, like most people. Um, taking on the meat feast at, the, at his uh, pizzeria. <laughs> it's just, well, well, that's it's how. It's, it's just not somewhere I want to find myself, to be honest. When Joe Exotic says come round for a meat feast, that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Stop crossed, yes, please. Look, um, I want anyone, to talk. Anyone, do you reckon anyone in Northern Ireland ever entertained the idea of having an exotic animal? 
I mean, there's 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 definitely fellas with like there's bound to be like fellas with sheep that they're spray painting uh, black and orange at the minute. Like definitely, that's I mean, it would be like a counterfeit exotic zoo. Like it wouldn't be the real, it wouldn't be the real animals at all. Oh god! But there, there's definitely one itself guy. has some Belfast itself has some animals that don't look right. Oh, I remember going to see the polar bears in the early nineties, and those guys did not know what was happening. Like, no, I I went. Um, uh, I'm, it sounds like I'm trying to crowbar in some stuff about my career here, but um, <laughs> before we did the first series of Fall, myself and and Brona and the kids who were playing um, our kids, David and Sarah, really sweet, and their parents, we all went to Belfast Zoo to do a bit of a bonding thing, so that when we came to film, we'd, we'd have some sort of you know idea that we looked like a real family and we, we knew each other a wee bit. And I, it was the first time I'd been to Belfast Zoo in you know twenty years probably at the time. And uh, it was alarming. I mean the the uh, the gorillas <laughs> the gorilla was eating himself in the head, like literally in the corner, just like whacking himself in the face. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this isn't what it's meant to be like. But like, I, I mean I don't even it's Belfast too. Like, I don't even know if that is a gorilla or just like a guy, you know what I mean? Like, I think it might well just be a guy who's, who's pulling a fast one. I'm not totally that's, sure. That's not a bad gig. I remember whenever that I was, was like five or six going to Belfast too, um, a couple of my cousins took me and a peacock got out and you would have thought that the world had been invaded by by tigers. I mean, a peacock got out, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't interested in going around everyone. And I remember the sheer pandemonium, and then people being like, "An animal's got out." Oh, sure. I mean, definitely let people know quickly that it's just a peacock. I still ran like a peacock. It's, it's still it's a very beautiful animal. I'd be mesmerized if I saw a peacock out in the streets of uh, North Belfast. Let's see, um, uh, but the, the animals escape from Belfast all the time. Yeah, I think they're pretty relaxed. Like, I think it's like you know, like an open prison, Belfast. I'm pretty sure it's like you know, come and go, just just be just just be back for seven, sort of thing. Like it's <laughs> like I'm pretty sure some of those penguins work in the KFC and Boucher. You know, like they're not as strict as, as some other zoos, but it's a good uh, time. I want to ask you about I want to ask you about them. Do you say KFC and Butcher's clothes? And it's not really, you know what I mean? If you know a fella, you can still... Nah, but you know, uh, if you know a fella, you. You, can, you can get sorted out. Um, okay. When this lockdown started, I saw yeah. a video that hundreds of millions of people have seen. The, the Imagine video with a load of actors, well-known people singing John Lennon's song, Imagine. How did you get involved with that? How did that come about? Because you're like the second guy in it. Yeah, it goes by billing of importance. From no one knows who you are to like superstar billing. <laughs> um, listen, it's, it's a funny thing. Not being on social media, I wasn't really that aware of the negative reaction to it. Um, but I got it. Um, I was made aware quite <laughs> quite quickly um, by some mates. But you know, it's a, it's like it was early on in the lockdown process. Um, gal who organized it, she organized it with Kristen Wig. Uh, Kristen Wig and I did a movie together last summer that's meant to be coming out this summer on the 31st of July. Who knows what's gonna happen because of it might either they're still hoping it'll get a cinematic release, who knows? 
so Kristen and I did this movie together in the summer and we're just going on brilliantly and um I would I'd do anything for it, but you know, that's how highly I by the way, I'm like the biggest fan of hers before oh, she's, I worked she's with her anyway. Great in everything. It's a genius. Um, so um, her and Annie Momolo, who wrote Bridesmaids together, they've written this thing and they're both in this thing that I've done with it. Um, and so Kristen texts me, uh, you know, whatever, two days before that came out, saying, um, uh, hey, you know, whatever, usual, this is all mad. Listen, uh, my friend Gal and I are, are trying to organize this thing um, to try to lift, <laughs> lift people's spirits a wee bit um, of everything that's going down. And um, we basically just want you to sing a line of the margin. Um, you can either pick between this line and this line. I was like, yeah, fine, whatever, of course I'll do that. So it's like a lovely thing to do. Um, you know, and then and then Chris was like, actually, we want you to sing this like no hell below us. So I was like, well, that's fine, I'll do that. And it's literally a case of, um, you know, putting the kids, the kids are like driving you mad going, oh yeah, okay, okay, no, no, two seconds, daddy has to go and do this thing. Yeah, no, she actually texts me about now, hold on, I'll go and do it, hold on. No, okay, right. What is it? That's what happens. Um, and then you you send it to Chris and say, like, "Perfect, this is great. It's going to be great." <laughs> and then whatever happens, happens. And Chris like texts me like a couple of days later, going, "Sorry," and I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, "What do you, like, what do you mean?" And um, she said, "Well, there's been a lot of negative stuff at all, whatever. We're just trying to do a nice thing." I was like, "Yeah, listen, I understand." But I had got a mate. I have one of my mates, uh, another actor, had texted me saying, um, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm just watching this, uh, just watching this video of all these like pompous, like self righteous wanker actors singing the mud. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then, you know what? I actually have, I haven't gone and looked at it. I haven't gone and I looked at what people are saying. But you know what? I tell you what the problem was. I literally did mine in like the toilet or something in my house. Um, there's a little bit too much. Like it's, it's, everyone's in a very weird space at the moment. Um, some, you know, everyone's on their phone constantly, and some stuff people are finding uplifting. Sometimes people, are whatever. But there's too much. Like there's too much of quite clearly people have escaped to their second home. Um, there's too much acreage in the background. <laughs> I felt you know too much like beautiful swinging trees clearly by an ocean. That sort of crack, and I was like, oh, and I was quite aware of that when I was doing it. I was like, I don't like, like, let's just make it normal, not as normal as Ruffalo, who I was like, <laughs> straight like that close to his face. But, um, listen, whatever, I mean, well, you know, what can we attempted the falsetto. Well, that's also a thing. I, I, nearly, I nearly text Chris and go, what key? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just go for go for the way it's you know the way we all know it the way that John sang it and played it or do we you know because I don't you know what I don't I, I don't know anyone else who's involved I don't Chris hasn't said so far we've got Mark Ruffalo and uh, Sarah Silverman he hasn't told me I she hasn't told me anyone so um, I don't know what I'm in with what like how seriously are people taking it like or, or like is it meant to be sung really well you know what I mean so I thought my best approach is do it quickly and get it off. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that's such a that's such a nowadays thing to be angry at that. It's like, come on, we'll lift people's spirits. We were like, no, no, absolutely. I mean, listen, break it all down. That's a very well known, successful, beautiful person 
who I, I've never, I said, I've never met, but everyone I know says he's been lovely and she, she's all about like being good and kind and essentially that's, she's trying to do a good and kind thing. That's <laughs> just nailed for it. Um, and, you know, I just got dragged along with it. But listen, I, I you know, what, what have I got there? You, you talked about um, the fall earlier, which um, I think, no, I know they were filming a lot of stuff back home before that, but it, it kind of paved the way for loads more stuff to be to be filmed back home. But um, do do you enjoy filming back home, or do you find that like is it a wee bit of a distraction? Because like, I guess you get a lot of people being like, "Come and do this," and you know, a lot of friends want to hang mm. out and stuff like that. I'm happy to hang out with my mates. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> you know, my mates hang out. I quite like that. But more the the former there. Um, to be honest, listen, I love filming at home. Like I love it so much. I've been quite conscious about trying to play Irish characters so far in my career, and I plan to do that throughout my career if I can. And I'm setting up a production company at the moment. We've got like two projects that are very much set in in um, two of them set in the north, one set in Dublin. Um, and you know, I was lucky enough with the fall to come back for three series to do that. I just filmed this thing with Emily Blunt before Christmas started in, in, in over in Mayo. Um, and that is important to me to keep doing that and tell stories from home. Um, because I, I, you know, slightly biasly think. I think Irish people are the best people in the world. They really do, and it's it's it, it is such a unique thing to work with an Irish crew, northwest, southeast, whatever. Just Irish people. But you know what I mean? It, like working with a purely Irish crew, like that is um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant because you just have this total shorthand understanding of each other, and you're not having to explain yourself, and you can talk in the way you want to talk, and no one's going, "Oh, what do you?" So what was that? Like, A, literally, literally not understanding what you're saying or not getting the joke or whatever it is. Yep. It's great being on the same wavelength as a whole crew. So I'll always try to do stuff at home if I can. And um, and I love it. Listen, I'd probably get more uh, hostile or more tension at home than, than, than any anywhere else. But uh, And I that could be a, a wee bit frustrating. But, you know, you can... Um, you can play to that, you know, I'm not going to go to Lavery's on Friday night, you know what I mean, like, or the bot on a Wednesday night, the student night, I really don't know how it works back home anymore, but you know, like, I'm not... With a crew jacket from the fall? <laughs> um, you know, I'm not doing that. Um, uh, I've been out with you, we've, we've, had a, we've been out in Hollywood a couple well, of that, that's. Nights. I was going to say, that's why Hollywood's great, because... Yeah, you can slip under the radar. Like it's it's very, you know, the bars and stuff yeah. are very non fancy. It's not about. It's kind of just about like going out and drinking. You know, literally, it's people who have their heads in their pints and and they they yeah. know to give you like a bit of a, a bit of a bible. Yeah, kind of. it's not people going out to be seen and go to like most like Ollies or like I'm, I really haven't been out in like club and office and. Same. years probably but you know um but it, that's not the crack in hollywood and um if i'm out in hollywood i'm usually with my mate dermy who i think you've probably met who yep is dermy and mikey driver. yeah yeah Mike, exactly so dermy's was my driver on the fall the whole through the whole series and this thing death and nightingales which i did back in 
uh, home a couple of years ago. And he's like family to me now. Like he's like like with my entire family and um, uh, I love him very much. And he uh, loves drinking and uh, and is like Mr. Hollywood. has lived in Hollywood for a very long time. And, yeah. Um, so I've usually got him by my side, and he's a he's a he's a imposing uh, physical presence, um, and I, it's kind of great because I just sort of shields you from people, whatever. And uh, yeah, I remember that night we had I I been at the rugby, uh, Ireland Italy, um, with Mike E Rogers, um, would have been two thousand fifteen, I think, because it was uh, yeah, it was yeah. Drico's last, last ever home game. Yeah. Um, the Aviva, and we had been on it all day from sort of you know ten thirty a.m. in the car with Dermy on the way down, you know, uh, right back, and then like on the way we were like wrecked, and we were like, should we go for an Indian in Hollywood <laughs> on the way back in the Indian Ocean? Mike, within three what minutes, smashed smashed the bottle of wine, smashed it all over the floor, red wine. Was that just um, to announce? Was that just to announce your entry? It was. It was. Going I said I'll wait outside. I, I, I wait outside. Just go on. Don't be long. It's freezing. Go on out there and just just turf a bottle. Drop a Merlot and let them know I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. But yeah, that was great. I mean, th- that's one of those ones where like. Even I was like, and we we chatted on Twitter and stuff like that before, but even I was like, you know what? You probably don't get many nights out at home. I was like, I'll say hello. And then before I knew it, a couple hours later, there's like 12 of us getting like a, a five-a-side football photo taken at the top of the high street. Some boys are down, <laughs> knelt so in front. Mate, that literally popped up on my, you know, your memories or whatever. The crack yeah, is on my yeah. phone the other day. And it was actually, that's what's, that's what got me to then email you and go here so we do a podcast. Um, because it came up and I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> like, who's that love? And then you're, you're in the back. I'm doing like the captain's pose. Yep. With like as if I'm holding like a like a ball or something, like <laughs> for a trophy. It's very uh, weird. But that yeah, that was you know, that was a great night. And and just an ultra serious photo. I mean, everybody's taking that taking that totally seriously. <laughs> we, we talked about actually joining like a seven-a-side league or something. Like that. Just to get, just to get photos like that. And we, and we all got matching tattoos. <laughs> yes. It's we, we all got the date. We all got the date tattooed on our arses. It was a good, it was a good time. Would you like to do more comedy? I mean, I don't know if you've, maybe you have already made some stuff in, in the last year or two, but is that something you'd like to get into more? Because especially that night, I was like, you know, sometimes when you're a stand-up and you talk to people that are performers but not really known for comedy, they try and make you laugh almost. But with you, it's kind of just natural. Like I remember that night, your mates and my mates, like none of us had met before, but it was just it was just good crack. Um, is that something you'd want to do more of? Uh, yeah, to be honest, yeah. And like when I first started being an actor, I guess I was like um, more drawn to that, and I thought I would do more of that. Um, not because I'm saying necessarily think I'm funny, but I just I'm bored. I was just more comfortable with the idea of that, of like trying to portray something that's going to make people laugh, than trying to portray something that's going to freak people out, scare people, shock people, whatever it is. Um, but then you know you you 
you, you play a couple of twisted characters and you know no one's going you know who'd be great in this comedy it's Jamie Dornan from the fall you the know, naughty professor funny. reboot <laughs> I, he's the guy look no further so um it's those calls didn't really come but before that early on before I did the fall before like a long time ago um I used to I was like writing stuff for Funny or Die do you know Funny or Die or? yeah 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 Will Ferrell's website yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was like writing stuff for them that sort of never got the published stage, really. So I guess it like it's kind of bullshit. But like I was developing this thing. I'd written this whole thing for them about drink driving in LA and all stuff. And then I had this idea for this sketching with them. So it was also looking like it was going to go that way. And then I did the fall, I guess. And then you know you just out of that loop. And it's quite clicky comedy, you know. Um, and it thought you have to sort of be part of like the Judd Apatow crowd or whatever it is to sort of get in. I'm talking on in an, an American sense and then it's obviously different in the in UK and in Ireland, whatever. And then, but that's why I feel so lucky with that. I've, that I've just done this movie with Kristen and Annie. Cause like, is it comedy? Is, is it, is it like, out and out comedy? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like out and out like mad comedy, like so silly could barely get through the day laughing so much at how up serve what we were doing is but there's obviously a, a very like prominent story that runs through it but it's it's so silly and um that's naturally where i go and i feel very comfortable in and to be able to do that with you know people of that caliber and you know it's a, it's a very it's, a, it's an interesting thing if you're from the other side you were saying there about talking to me and like hanging out with me that night or whatever um if you are then talking to someone who's funny or like deemed to be funny, um, you're trying everything not to try to make, you're trying everything not to be like, oh, I better make them out. I'm going to throw a couple of these jokes I've been working on. You're just trying to act totally normal and hope that they find you funny. And so I'm, you know, day one on set with Kristen Wiig, and I'd met her before leading up to it and stuff, and, you know, just keep it tight, keep it tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully, whatever she will find you, the essence of you, and whatever is funny about you naturally. Cause most people are funny naturally; they have something funny within them. I just let that come out, and then I just couldn't have got on better with those guys. You know, they were, it was just we just had such a laugh, and being able to be able to make someone like Chris and Wade laugh is like a real something I'll never, you know, take for you know lightly. You know, it was um, it's cool. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe more. I'm. I'm writing something at the moment. Uh, again, quarantine life has brought me to that. I've written stuff in the past uh, that when I look back on now, it's probably pretty shite. But um, uh, this was a long time ago before my career kind of took off. And I, I, uh, I think I've got a better handle of structure and how to, how to you know, um, create stories now and tell them in an appropriate way, in a funny way. And I've always erred towards comedy with my writing. And so I've written this thing for the pilot. Funnily enough, I think there's a part for you in it. I was going to talk to you down the line a little bit. Like a it's beefy, beefy meathead weightlifter type guy, is it? Or... No. Yeah, like a like a strong man. Like a, people are like, is he on gear? Is he on steroids? Whatever. Like a powerlifter? Yeah. Powerlifter one? It's not. I don't know. No. All right. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'll be up for it if you need me. To, but if you need me to like lose muscle or whatever. Let me know because it might not. My look might not work if it's 
I'm, I'm well, I'll, I'll change my body for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I think we're actually thinking about it now. No. We might go in a different direction. No, I've, so we've signed. No, we've signed. That's cool. We, we signed no. the agreement there. Yeah. No. yeah. You, gave me, you gave me a thought. You gave me a wee thought there. No, appreciate I think it. Yeah. Happy to do it. Oh, you want to bump me up? Okay, yeah. cool. I no, don't, no, we'll I, I, I don't like being honest, the lead. I don't, I don't like being the lead. I like being the guy who just pops up every now and again, steals the scene. Yeah, I don't, think I, I don't think a part's going to be in it anymore. I've just been thinking there. Spin-off? We'll do a spin-off. Cool. Um, no. Give me a shirt. Run, run that over no. by me. I've got some rules I want to pitch to you. I want to run by you. I've been thinking, what could we do together? We're all on lockdown. People are open to ideas. I'm thinking me and you, the mountain guys, and you thought that that mountain idea was guys. that good, you nearly broke your cup. The mountain guys, yep. I was, is it like Brokeback Mountain? Well, it's open to interpretation. It's basically you and me in the mountains. That's mm-hmm. that's what that's where it's at now. That's what I've got so far. <laughs> and like the, in like Pergamon Hills? Yeah, it could be. It could be, every episode could be different high altitude <laughs> situations and I don't really have much after that but I've got the mountain guys I like it what about who's at the door D-O, just D-O-R um, you host it I'll just exec it um, and basically different celebrities you can see knock a door and then you have to work out based on their knock who it is based on their knock yeah so if I was to go perfect. if I was to go uh Bum, bum, bum. Who would that be? Knock, knock, knock. Rory. Who? McElroy. No, no, McElroy gets people to knock doors. He hasn't, he hasn't, McElroy hasn't knocked a door since 2002. <laughs> because, because his caddy does it for him. That's why he, yeah, on and off the course, <laughs> he just comes along behind him. <laughs> but no, um, um, that was, that was actually Christopher Biggins. That was Christopher Biggins. Um, I've got, I've got the Tiger King's ring as a concept idea. Uh, if you'd be interested in that, that's basically when Joe Exotic gets released. He has one wedding ring, and whoever he gets it on first loses. So, I mean, <laughs> it's something we could, ch- it's something we could chat about. I mean, it feels like I'm a front runner to lose. Pardon? How's that gonna work? From uh, he's incarcerated. No, that's what I mean. As soon as he gets out. Um, or you and I, or alternatively, you and I could go in, go into prison. Yeah, just for the for the show. Uh, I'd be willing. I like to for I, think the show. I think I'd do well in prison. I'd like it. See, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if I went in, I would obviously have everybody's respect, but I wouldn't like to just be the boss straight Where's away because that? that's kind of just again just sort of physical stature and and like i'm I'm sort of funny as well so they'd be like i'd be doing impressions of the prison guards and stuff the lads would love it um i'd be bringing them together but then i wouldn't like the day-to-day admin of being the prison boss you know oh i got you just straight the boss right straight the boss yeah i mean literally if i went into jail i think i would you know like some people are like just stay in the fringes and i would just go straight up to the pool table and I wouldn't even yeah. stick a pound down, but I would I would put my hand down and I go, I'm on next. But I hadn't nice. I wouldn't I wouldn't put anything down. I just I'm just laying down yeah. my marker, you know. But yeah, yeah. I think I think you yeah, have cash. Pardon? You, you, you wouldn't have cash, cash in jail. You have a quid on you. Uh no, I, well, no, it's more of a metaphorical thing. I'm more putting do you know what? I would put down something I'd put down something temporary, but it would act as a as a pound. 
So even if it maybe was... like we picture, like we draw we picture like during arts and crafts time, and you can you can draw like a quid and color gold and all and stick it down the table. So have yeah. some of that. Yeah, man, I go boom, I'm on next, you know. Um but yeah, yeah, I mean I could definitely see us doing something high altitude anyway, mountains, forest. Yes. What about the forest boys with the Z? A bit like mountain guys, that's where we just sort of go go into forests and the I rest. I don't think I don't I don't think any of these are good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we picked up mountain guys. I think if you just want to do mountain guys. Mountain guys, if it was like a, a sort of more of a, like a, a, like a reality thing, you know, flying the wall thing, where we are just thrown into those mountains behind the vet in Hollywood or those <laughs> behind Hollywood Golf Club. Yeah. Right? Start there. <laughs> Start there. And we're, the pilot and see how and we're we go. just thrown in there with nothing but a tax on and we are told we have to get to Ned's yeah. and we have yeah. a tenner yep. and a lighter and nothing else. And a couple of Freddos. I mean, filming in Hollywood would be good as well because you've got so many characters, you know, like Hollywood characters. Like, I don't know if you, do you know the next? No. Uh, in Hollywood, cause you've got no neck. These are just guys that live in the town. No neck, neck, baby neck, and fat neck. Four different guys, which is enjoyable. Um, they're two sets of brothers. Genuinely <laughs> so, true. Like. Really? Who's your mate? Oh, well, we were having a proper laugh outside the Hollywood Social Club. <laughs> your mate with the ponytail, the postman. What's his name? I.O. Chuck Wilson. I mean, is that not a great name or not? Chick Wilson. Okay, and there's no K on the check, like which which I find I, rude. I would like, I would no joke, like, come back from playing rugby on a Saturday, <clears throat> come, come back home, quick shower some lunch, and race to Sea Park to watch him play for Hollywood. Chick Wilson. I, there's talk, that I, th- I think he's, maybe there's chat that he's Hollywood's all-time leading scorer. Some people say it's this guy called Mark Crawford as well, but Chick Wilson just is like an immortal figure. Like, he's never aged also, you know, like, He's always been somewhere between like 40 and 70. It's been 25 years since I've seen him. Do you know Soda Malcolm from Hollywood? You ever see him? Um, he would often sit outside Centra smoking. Very, very old. Like a wee man, he would always right. sit in the wall. <laughs> no, but that's a good look, sitting outside Centra in Hollywood High Street smoking. He's, all, he's always there at 7 a.m. He passed recently, so RIP Soda Malcolm. But... Um, right. You know, speaking of speaking of rules, you know, rules you've had, rules you might have, like Mountain Boys uh, trademark. Yeah, I'm yeah. about to undertake. I'm, I'm about to undertake a big role of my own, which is right. fatherhood, potentially the biggest role ever. What sort of what you sort are. of tips? Yes, yes. Are you actually serious? Imagine me, like, yes, I am. Yeah, genuinely, but like, I wor- I'm worried. That, I'm, I hope. I hope my face gets like older or or like more manly because if my kids getting bullied oh. at school and they're like my dad's coming down, what about when this guy arrives? I'm just gonna get beat up by the children. <laughs> um, that's brilliant news. First and foremost, congratulations. That's Thank you. Class. Um, I didn't even know you were in a, in a steady relationship. Maybe you're not. And that's I'm married, too. and I don't. I mean, like people don't know this are sort you? of thing. People, yeah, people are like. Are you sure you don't still like live with your parents or whatever? But no, I'm like a genuine married guy. You give off 
you give off living with your parents vibes yeah i give off living with my with my parents and like an exotic zoo owner might snap me up vibes if you get i look like i'm ready to pet a tiger what you need is like um something can you grow a beard no absolutely not no I can grow like a, a very French waiter moustache, but then I just right, look like yeah. I'm in like a murder mystery or whatever. I, I can't I can't grow a beard. So you never had like a problem at school of like looking in the mirror before and going, I'll oh, get away with that, no one's gonna tell and getting absolutely right to get into school for your task. No, I had way I had way bigger problems in school. I <laughs> <laughs> was the growing a beard was the least of my problems in school. <laughs> my main problem was why will they now put dance on the GCSE syllable for guys? But um, but <laughs> they're like, we're going to do the hacker. I was like, well, that's not real dance. Why need to express myself? I want to try and get top, top on there, but the other boys weren't behind it. Your uh, fatherhood. Um, What's a tip you wish you'd had at the once you were in it? You're like, I wish somebody had told me this. I'm I'm a I'm a real like prophet of good news with it. Like I, I you know what I kind of wish I wish more people would tell me how, how good it is. <laughs> like because so many people, as soon as you or your wife say you're expecting, they go, oh. they, they they sort of feign that they're pleased for you first. They'll be like, oh that's great, this and well this and say say goodbye to sleep or yeah, I've had you know, that a lot. That's your you know that's your freedom gone. I mean most most people that's their response. It's just harsh. Like, by the way, a lot of that's true. Um, but you just, the thing we are best at as human beings is adapting. And you just do, you just go with it. That, that becomes your new normal. And if you're clinging on to like, oh, fuck, I used to be able to sleep into 11 and stuff. You're not, you're not ready for this. Like, you, yeah. You've got to accept you know, there's massive consequences to what you either didn't decide to do, you did accidentally, or you made a decision to do and you're fucking it up with it. Um, so I mean, it's just, it's the best, it's the best thing in the world. Don't, you know, have, have, have a few, like, you know, we, we have three girls, you know, under seven and it's, listen, there's times where you're like, this is a fucking nightmare. Like yeah. what is happening here? And you, you can't be equipped. You, you're just like, no matter what book you read, no matter what advice you're like, you know, nothing can prepare you for some of the situations you find yourself in and you it makes you feel even more like a kid because there's so many times you have to be a grown-up and you're like, yes, fuck, yeah. like especially now, a six-year-old knows asking me like big questions about death and um, does God exist and all this sort of stuff and I'm like, oh, fuck. you know, it's, they're tough, tough questions. <laughs> you're like, um, less questions, more throwing ropey balls into buckets, all right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, like, like stuffing grub, grubber kicks into the corner, making them chase them. Um, yeah, it's uh, the best advice I was given since I've been a father. So this isn't that helpful for you at this stage. But it's, uh, a producer out in LA that I've worked with a few times. Um, and his whole thing is like, um, whatever he was like, for now, for now, like, like just for now, like everything. Because I'd be like, oh, this is a nightmare. He goes, yeah, for now. Because everything is fucking phases, and you get yourself into these situations. You're like, "This is a nightmare." And they're not sleeping, and they're having to, the, the, why? And then it doesn't last forever. Everything, everything—it's so you know, just goes in cycles. And you know, 
there's some of those cycles are really bad and then some are really good and you know but essentially it's an amazing it's an amazing thing it's what we're here to do i think that's why we're here probably you know in the, in the greater sort of scheme of things you know we're here, to, um, we're here to bring children into the world and to make mountain boys well, am i right and make mountain boys there that you know that's it like there that's when you really break it down and actually to be honest this sort of self-isolation thing has brought that home even more. Now, some people are going to be really struggling. I'm, I'm totally understanding of that. And um, I'm very lucky that we have space and a, a, a garden and room for them to run around. A lot of people don't have that at this time. And small kids must be a nightmare. I'm, I'm, I'm not closed off to that. Yeah. But it is amazing for the kids how much our, the happiest our kids have ever been because they've just got us all the time you know instead of you daddy having to go away to work mommy going up their studio to work whatever like they've got our undivided attention yeah and for them that's all they want so it's on yeah. some people it's made me even more all this you know i'll still be delighted when they go back to school you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's, sign them up for know. every after school clubs listen you're going to japanese here and uh and never, never say them again. <laughs> i mean that sort of ties me into my, my final question which is do you think that you'll come out of this whole lockdown thing with a different attitude to anything? I don't just mean work. I mean, I, I kind of have, it's, it's helped my work ethic a lot. Like I always think of myself as I work really hard, but since this whole thing started, I'm like, I, maybe I just put out a sketch a day, like a video a day. And I've been doing that. But why have I, maybe not every day, but why have I not always been doing that? Like I bought a camera a couple of years ago. I've never used, but now I've used it every day for the past three weeks you know yeah i think i think that's true I mean, you know it, like it, it's just a time thing and you realize how much your time how much of your time pre-coronavirus is taken up with just bullshit that kind of adds straight like it's even stuff like you know going oh i've got to meet you know have dinner with this person or you know oh, we haven't seen them in a while living by this right for dinner Oh, what time? What, I'm going to have a quick coffee with so-and-so before I pick up a kid. All this stuff that feels fine and nice at the time. And stuff, but like, don't really need to do any of it. And you sort of don't need to be seeing people as much as we see people. And if you don't see those people for the coffees and the, you go for a run with this person, do whatever the fuck it is you do with people. Um, it's, it's, it's fine. And, you know, maybe seeing less of friends is a, is a good thing. Um, and... You know, because it gives us time. Like I, I would never. Also, I'm a real thing. Like if I, if I'm, know what uh, jobs I'm trying to post on. If I know what job I'm doing next, I can't like read. I can't read a book for pleasure. I, I'm always have to be like, I need to be work on the script, learning lines, or preparing this and researching this. Um, and because I'm, without sounding like that, I've been consistently working. You know, I've tried to take time off here and there, but usually I know what I'm doing next. And for this, listen, I do know that I'll go back to the production as meant to do in New York, but I don't really know when that'll be because everyone's just guessing at this point. Got a bit of an idea of when it might be. Now, last night, that you got some news that might be, but it's quite a way off. So suddenly, like, I don't need to worry about getting back into that until a couple of months before. So I would never have written this thing. I've knocked out a pilot for in six days. I've never done that. Yeah. And now, I've, I've, no, and now, now I finished the second draft in two days and now I'm going to do a series outline for the whole thing. You know, I could, if I really put my mind together, if, if needs be allowed, I could probably shoot the thing before, you know, Christmas. You know what I mean? Um, I would never, I just, so I think uh, it does. It just, it, it, it opens a lot of us up 
I think this whole having this time to yourself, you know, especially for people like us who are creative people who work in that world where, you know, our time is very much, um, you know, unless we're on a set or whatever, it is down to us how we spend it and how we make the most of it in terms of, you know, creating stuff for our careers or whatever. Whereas a lot of people it must be difficult if they are literally told they go eight o'clock they're at this place until six o'clock and they're told what to do all day and they're doing stuff that can't be matched at home. You yeah. you can do what you do at home, you know. Yeah. So for a lot of people it's different, but for creative people it's a good thing. I keep saying speak to um someone last night at this conference called fucking Zoom. Why is everyone zooms? This is Zoom. Everyone zooms taking over. They're the real winners in this whole thing. Um, and them and the, that we, the, we, the we Andrex puppy. He's killing yes, that's it. Right. He's, he's fucking killing it. But he's always been killing it. Like he's, I mean, he's a he's a he's a, a favorite throughout time. Also, how's he been that young for that long? I mean, no. Well, I say a few versions of him have been sprinkled on pizzas at George Zonic's Pizzeria. You know what I mean? That's dark. <laughs> it, is, um, it, it is dark, but also true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was saying this uh, in this conference call last night. People have like great stories. Great stories will come out of this time, you know. And it might break in in my industry this funk of like just an Avengers movie every three months in a slightly different guise, but the same kind of big tempo movie, which are the only movies that are really making money or whatever. And I, I personally find that a wee bit sad that that's where we're at. It's only remakes and, and uh, you know. Um, live action of a very famous uh, animated film like that's where it's just in this cycle of those sort of films only films that are sort of having success i'm not saying there's ex- not exceptions of course there are yeah but there can be great stories coming to this people writers with time in their hands you know, there was a they're threatening a writing strike right before this and in, in la that's always not happening now and people can actually get on and create a lot of good stuff so i think there'll be goodness in my industry at the end of it there's a lot of you know, desolation in, in many forms because of this fucking thing. But um, just speaking from what I know from our, our world. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I've got to thank you so much for doing the podcast. I mean, like you said, you have nothing else on. So, you know, it's better, so, it's better sweet. But, um, but no, I really, really appreciate it. You've taken the time. And, I, um, how do I, how do you, how do I get paid for this? Well, you would basically send an invoice uh, to make it out to Chick Wilson, uh, no K, just C H I C. He will he will take care of it because obviously he used to be a postman. He'll be really quick at getting back to you because he's able to sort of get it out to you, get it out to you pretty quick. But um, just do Chick Wilson Hollywood. Chick Wilson Hollywood, yeah. Uh, in brackets, yeah, used that. to have a ponytail. But why yeah. don't we call instead like? Because we're going to have forest boys, we're going to have mountain guys, or yeah, mountain guys. Why? Why? What about this? We're both from Hollywood. Boys with a Z. Boys in in the wood. Because we're in the woods. Do you want to say it back? Boys, boys in the boys for no, life. Right. Boys in the woods. Yeah, all right, mate. Thanks for being here. Yeah, appreciate it. Take it easy. Cheers. Good luck with it. Thanks, Appreciate it. All the best, night. Bye, 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 bye. There we have it, Sippers, the Jamie Dornan episode of the Tea With Me podcast. I really enjoyed that. I hope you guys did as well. If you were just listening to the audio version, there's a video version. If you just want to see like, you know, two 
equally cute guys on YouTube, which is uh, just Shane Todd, my my YouTube channel. How to come up with that name? <laughs> it is my name. Uh, you can you can see it there. Also, all the previous episodes, I really hurt my back whenever I moved there, and I tried to disguise it by just continuing to talk. But if you really listen closely, my voice kind of went <laughs> a little bit. But don't worry about that. All previous episodes are available just in all the podcast places. You know what I mean? In on Apple on. Uh, <laughs> on a, let me allow me to name one on Apple and all the other podcast places so you can check them out also if you want to contact us for whatever reason sponsorship, questions, whatever you can do so on teawithmepodcast at gmail.com that's teawithmepodcast at gmail.com I'm going to finish with this we always do a couple of charity reads now on the podcast because hey we don't have any sponsors because everyone's locked up phenomenal icon impression the first one is for the Marie Curie Hospice in Belfast. Um, Christina Lowe's got in touch and said that they're struggling with funds at the minute as their donations rely on fundraising events. Obviously, all events across the board are cancelled at the minute. So um, they're asking for people, if, if they can help, to donate through their website, uh, which is Marie Curie uh, Hospice, or to contact the fundraising team if they're unable if, if they're able to contribute. So if you think you can do something or you want to make a donation, you contact the hospice fundraising team on the Marie Curie website. They provide vital care for end-of-life care patients and want to continue to provide the best support. So yes, uh, the emergency appeal for donations is on their Facebook page as well if people want to donate. So search for Marie Curie Hospice, Marie Curie Belfast, you know, you'll find it. I'll back you to find it. Also Somebody got in touch with me about a great event as well locally, which is called DJs Unite NI. Now, I've been playing a lot of rave music on the Shane Todd Show on BBC Radio Ulster, which is on every Friday night. I've been playing a lot of rave music. I haven't been asked to do this, which is a real kick in the teeth, because I've been playing dance music for three weeks now (laughs) via CDs, and no one's asked me to do this, but it's an amazing event. What they're doing is 12 hours, 12 DJs, it's a live stream, and it's all in aid of the NHS. Um... They're trying to help NHS workers during this time. It is on... It'd be run every Saturday, actually, in April from 12pm to 12am. 12 DJs every time. I mean, that's unreal. It's just a full day of DJing. Uh, If people want to support that, this has just been run by some DJs. They've got together. And I, I, I can see that that's what this whole situation is making a lot of people do. Just come together. DJs, maybe a couple of them know each other, but but now they're all coming together as a community. And they have a Just Given page, which is uh, DJs Unite NHS Fund. Now, what we'll do is we'll put links to both of those things in the description of the podcast. If it's something you think you'd like to get on board with, then you can do so. But there are charity call-outs this week. If you have any more charity um, donations or, or shout-outs or whatever, uh, get in touch with us, podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for watching and listening, not just this week, but all the previous episodes uh, and hopefully the rest to come. I'm really, really enjoying doing these podcasts and I also do a podcast called The Boy Town Podcast with my friend Dave Elliott, aka The Gap to Stonehead. You can check that out on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as well. Thanks very much for, for being with me this week on the Tea With Me podcast. I'm back every Wednesday and Friday and the Patreon episode on a Monday, which is patreon.com slash Tea With Me podcast. Mountain Guy streaming on Netflix, hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs>